I was actually, I was going off to a class talking to undergraduates and invited to give a talk at U of T and I was trying to think, how do I discuss this Nado knowing to non-Indigenous undergrads the first time, like how do they, you know, how, you know, so I was trying to think about some kind of an analogy that would uh, uh, easily accessible. So, you know, I, I thought about my brother, he would, he used to have a girlfriend up in, uh, or what it's called now, but up north. And uh, he was just 15, he used to hike there all the time to see her. Southampton, uh, not Southampton, yes. And uh, so, um, but while he was there, so in there, the indigenous community there, they had, uh, they did spearfishing. So he came home and he was excited to tell me about spearfishing. And he'd say, you know, like, uh, like for himself, he was just learning. And uh, he said, so when he would, do spearfishing, uh, he'd have to put the stick in the water because uh, where the water and air meet, there's a, um, there, there's a refraction. So where the, the air, water, and the light hits it, where the, where the spear enters, it actually is somewhere else, right? You can do that, you put a straw in a cup and, it, and it, the, the image will break, right? And it appears to be what's below the water somewhere else and then it's at a different depth as, up, as well. So he was telling me about this, how, uh, <clears throat> so for himself, he had, to, he had to put the stick in the water. But he said, you know, those older guys who were really experienced, he said, he, they could, because they already knew, they had it memorized, uh, the, how the water moves, where, and, and uh, the, how the speed of the water, they knew where the image would then fall. So they didn't need to keep the stick in the water. Uh, <clears throat> So I thought about that, that, that way of, uh, too, and thinking about that is uh, our, um, like those are our citations, right? If I believe, as I do, that our oral cultural practices are texts that have our valid knowledge, knowledges that are worthy of citation, uh, th this, is, this is in itself as a text and teachings that are expansive. And uh, so I saw that, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, the uh, universal symbol for water, <laughs> cooking line, <laughs> you know, and you also see that's uh, the, uh, uh, the, um, the squiggly line is a heartbeat. And, uh, and it, it's, it's also uh, uh, represents life, you know, generalizing, but, uh, Actually, these, this, this symbol is found around the world on pottery that's the ancient from around the, all around the world. Um, but so, so that, that's a, that, that, that place, that, um, <clears throat> what do I call it here? Because I can't see it on your thing. Uh, the titles are cut off. Um, <clears throat> the air water refraction. And uh, so I saw that as the finite and infinite um, interface. So right there, that interface um, is life, right? And that, uh, so we might think about that uh, as, uh, like, and I was thinking about this conversation with the West as well, because I speak in English. <laughs> like, I'm limited to this language because of colonialism. Uh, so, uh, like, so I'm thinking about this idea of like the rational thought and the heart below the water, the 
or uh, uh, rational thought and embodied consciousness. Uh, and that the, the air, the water, the above, below, the uh, idea that, that in the air that's unobstructed, there's a notion of Western uh, philosophical logic that things must add up. They must correspond. If I say this plus this is that, one plus one equals two, and it's, it's clear, clear as day, we'd say. Um, so it, it's a, it calls for a logical correspondence in uh, Western philosophy. Uh, so, and that's, that's that thought that's above the water. And, uh, but then I was sick of, uh, you know, that for us, there's always something else. There's always, for Anishinaabe, there's always other ways of knowing. And then, and they're never separate. Like, uh, like when I put, say this water, this, this is, uh, um, it's not a, uh, um, it's, it's an interface. So I want to be clear that it's, it's not a dualism. It's not a division. It's an interface where they're, they are uh, enmeshed. They are immersed one to the other. They cannot be separated. There is no space between them. And uh, so uh, for us, this other reality is constantly with us. It's in everything. And uh, so, but just as a, you know, as a way of kind of conceptualizing this is that this, this, uh, um, Spearfishing is this you know, shallow water spearfishing um, uh, is a nice uh, way to articulate that. Uh, so when that, that spear goes in the water and the image is refracted, it's broken, and it appears to be somewhere else below the water. So that when we think about Anishinaabe ontologies or working with these uh, um, Anishinaabe philosophies, there's always an account of things not adding up. There's always a knowledge of a paradox that, uh, that there are other ways of being and knowing and communicating that exist and we're not entirely, we cannot ever fully tack them down. That's why we call it a mystery. <laughs> so we see in the diagram that I have in the, in the uh, I guess it's on your left side maybe, um, that one plus one does not line up, right? Because there's, there's the uh, finite comprehension, like I'm a finite being, I will live in a particular time frame and I will die. This mortal body, this corporeal reality, uh, I, was, I was once a, 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 this tall, just an infant, and now I'm tall, and, and so I'm, I, I appear to be moving through time chronologically. Um, I, you know, I had, I had uh, black hair, now my hair is turning gray. <laughs> so you'd see, I am, I'm, I'm moving through time. And this is, this is my finite comprehension, which seems rational. It seems absolutely um, uh, un un unquestionably correct that it, this is there, it is, there, it cannot be challenged. Uh, yet, when I look beneath the water, there's a refraction and things do not quite line up. And that is my, the other aspect of myself and of all of existence, which is infinite, which is the Nido infinity, which, which I'm articulating here is happening below the water so that it's the, 
it, 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 it emerges in, in fragments and shimmers. Uh, and, uh, and I can never fully see, it's, it's ambiguous. Similar to Merleau-Ponty, how he discusses what is his, his, his definition of phenomenology, it's ambiguous. And uh, uh, <clears throat> so here you see that, uh, well, I think it's probably not necessary to discuss, I think from the uh, image you can see here, I have a couple of different uh, uh, um, articulations of what's happening with the fishing. If you, you know, you see in the bottom, the bottom section there where there's the fish and there's an arrow above the water, it appears as though fish is right there, up co close to the surface. But then when the spear enters, you realize the fish is actually further away and farther down. So it's, it's not, ex it does not line up. It is never uh, exactly what is, appears to us. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, so this is uh, our, this, uh, um, it's kind of our first uh, stage of what is, what is Nadeau? What is Nadeau worlding? And how do I uh, come into this, this kind of knowing?